We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest on the Kansas Jayhawks from KCSN, which features three shows each week in Border War, hosted by former Jayhawks guard Jeff Hawkins and Mizzou forward Jarrett Sutton. Ain't no seats with Ryan Reinhardt, Anthony Bax, and Braden Turner, and Booth Review, covering Jayhawks football with Kent Swanson and weekly special guests. Make sure to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything. Stay up to date on all things KU with KCSN. And now, the latest on the Kansas Jayhawks. All right, when was the last time you went into a bank? Now, more than ever, who you are banking with is more important than where you are banking. Emprise Bank has been with us since the beginning at KCSN. Uh, they're our partner in Possible. They're member FDIC. We love Emprise Bank here. Go give them a look. Go uh, go use Emprise Bank. We can't have better things to say about them, and we appreciate them being our title sponsor as always. But uh, we got to get into a new episode, boys. Um, man, I don't even know where to start with last night's game. It was a just a nonstop nail-biter. One of those games where I'm standing in front of the TV at the end of the game. Just a game you really want to win. You could feel the hatred in the building. I mean, K-State fans always bring it for that game, and it, it makes it fun the way they bring the hatred and just how crazy that building gets, but it also makes you want to win that much more. And, I mean, God, this team, we played so dang hard. Uh, talk more about that. Didn't hit a lot of shots, um, but to still have the ball with a chance to win late in that game. Uh, I think you can be fairly okay with that. I, I don't think anyone's melting down, but um, tough loss, obviously. But B-Turn, just give me some of your initial thoughts from uh, last night's game. Yeah, no reason to melt down at all. Obviously, this team's still really good. That's a good team, well-coached team, really good atmosphere. Um, they led most of the game. I think we led early, like 6-3 to three or something, and then Felt like we had a chance to maybe separate there for a little bit where K-State couldn't score for three or four minutes and then we couldn't buy a bucket. Grady <clears throat> was cold from deep. Um, obviously, Jay Will was unbelievable. 38, could have had 41. We'll talk about the Bill Self timeout. But <laughs> overtime was wild. Um, the offense couldn't get into any rhythm, any flow. They looked stagnant. Um, they looked lost. So we'll have to talk about that. Obviously, they were missing three starters, which I thought – 
KJ and um, Grady's fouls to foul them out were kind of sketchy to me. Like it felt like they, those were soft calls in a tight game late. I don't know. We'll talk about the officials too in overtime, but the flow, the flow was definitely taken away from a really good game in overtime on both ends of the floor. But yeah, no, there's no negatives really to take away from this game. Our best score had 38 and they almost found a way to win without three starters. Yeah. AB, um, before we really get into it, because I got a topic I want us to start on, but just didn't know if you had some some instant quick reactions to get off the top of your head. No, it's a lot of the same you guys were saying. Um, mostly, like, as, as much as it sucks to lose to a rival like that with all the shit talking going on and, you know, people from K-State, so it's a little personal. I'm about as positive as you can be after a loss. Like, Mm-hmm. Other than Jalen, I don't know if – and KJ. KJ's awesome as always. But the three starters that are not that fouled out, but Dewan struggled. Grady was trying to do too much and couldn't shoot last night. And I've never seen someone struggle like Kevin McCullough struggled. He and will never play taking, worse ever again. Right. And he will never play if, worse than that. I don't know if Dewan will play worse than he played last night. I don't know if Grady will at least shoot as bad as he did last night. I have that exact note written down. Right. So it's like you combine all those things and you still, at the end of regulation and at the end of overtime, you have the ball with a chance to win the game. On Monday will be a top 10 team, your biggest rival, probably the toughest environment you're going to play in all year. Like you can't win every game. The fact that it was that close, I come away with a lot of positives. So I wrote down four things or, you know, similar to what you just said, but obviously Dewan, the assist numbers were there. He did a good job there, but like, I don't know if we're going to see a game where Dewan is that careless with the ball at times as he was last night. I don't, you know, it, he had an off game. Was Brady, he cussed? Who knows? I mean, that looked very <laughs> painful straight face to the ground. I couldn't believe when he came back to the game, but Grady goes one of what seven from three, one of eight. I mean, just brutal. Couldn't buy anything. As we've said, Kevin McCuller will not play a game where I mean, he looked like his those free throws he shot looked short, like he was mentally like it was in his head at how bad he was playing. I felt bad for him, but it's like he's not going to play that bad again all year. And the one thing you didn't say, AB, that I wanted to include, Bill Self didn't coach his best game in the final it's the first Mm -hmm. time in i would say almost two seasons that bill self just wasn't by far the best coach in the final minutes and the jalen shot everyone's going to talk about and i mean if you watch the replay i think clements or i can't remember who had the ball zuby or clements is about to like it's him and joe on this side of the floor and bill immediately sees that he's like hold on timeout then the ball gets passed. Then they call the timeout. Jalen hits it. Like, it wasn't that. I mean, you can laugh about it, but it wasn't yeah. a horrible decision by Bill. It just sucks that Jalen made the shot. Where we can question Bill, and I think Bill called himself out on it, is we've got the opportunity to win the game two times with the ball, with a guy that has 38 points. We don't – not only do we not get any shots up, we don't even get him a touch on either possession. And really – Dewan, the ball really truly never goes from Dewan to anyone else on either play. Like, that's what's so to me, the loss sucks. But if you take all those things we just mentioned McCuller, Grady, Dewan, and Bill, those are four things that are just not going to happen very mm-hmm. often. To have those four guys just not be at their best. So I loved what you said, AB, because out of all the ways to lose to K State, as much as it stings to lose to K State, 
We love making fun of them. We love, you know, we dominate them. It sucks to lose to them. I can't think of a more positive way to lose to them than the way mm-hmm. we did last night. So, well, I and the other thing too, yeah. sorry to cut you off, but, and this is just on top of the bill thing. I think you were the one that quoted it or retweeted it, Rye, but I saw a tweet that was, we had won 15 games in a row that were decided by single digits. Yeah. So you can't win ever. That's just an insane stat. You're just due to lose one. And it's actually concerning because you're not just due right. to lose one. You're, you're due, due to, to lose learn, about seven. Yeah. You're lose like three to four. Like, <laughs> but so. you know, that, that's that's why I'm not too worried about it. I and I think if we'll blow K State out at Allen, and we'll probably beat them pretty handily in KC if we play them. Um, yeah. But and the other thing that's probably not going to happen again, the six man for K State, Desi Sills. <laughs> he, he ain't having the game of his life back to back times. So like, all, shouts yeah, to him. Three. Teammates with my cousin in high school. Um, <laughs> good dude. But I just, you know, he played the game of his life. He was awesome. Yeah. And just, yeah. And you got to give K State credit too to finding a way to win um, without one of their best players really doing anything. Marquise Noel didn't do much. But yeah, Rye, that's a great, great way to look at the game. Those four points. Um, I don't even know which one to start with, but. The offense, obviously, like you said, when Bill called that timeout, and that's what I was saying earlier, is they just looked lost. They weren't in a flow. They weren't running sets. They had their backups in there, and that possession was going nowhere. So I didn't mind the Bill timeout. It was obviously terrible timing. I think we're all, we're all smart enough to know that. Like, it was a good timeout. Jalen hits the three. They all were laughing. Jalen was laughing. Bill was laughing. But I think it was a good timeout because they weren't going anywhere. So draw, let Bill draw something up. We know how good he is at that. Um, yeah, Dewan. basically they score 24 seconds left. Dewan basically dribbles out the clock. Like, yeah. And you have to go quick there too. There's one second left or, the, or sorry, we're down one. Um, so you got to go a little quick, get a shot up, not go super quick, obviously run something. You got to get a shot up, give yourself a chance to foul. Um, Ooh. they were just dribbling out. It was so slow. They were so slow getting into their sets, even, even the one at the end of the game where Dewan threw it away and Keontae stole it, where they stole it, where they were trying to get it to Zuby and then probably get it to Jalen, they went with yeah. like seven or eight seconds left. So he started throwing but it. Bill, to Zuby. Wasn't Bill sitting there telling Dewan? Like I felt like you could see Bill on the sideline saying, "Not yet, not yet, not yet." And then he was like, right. "No." Well, at and that so- point, we, half our team was fouled out, so it's like either take the loss or you or try to go for the win. Not that yeah. you know, I don't know what the Vegas live line was at that point, but like underdogs will always go for the win rather than try and extend the game. I feel like if they have the chance to, that probably was a yeah. thought. Let's just see if Jalen or Dewan or someone can get two points with two seconds left, and then we win. <laughs> so my initial reaction on the first play, because and I want to talk about the second play, but the first play, my initial reaction was, how in the world? do you let the ball touch Zuby's hands on the final possession in this basketball game? But you watch the replay and like, I mean, K-State blew up the play. They, I mean, they had it defended well. That's a play we run all the time to get Jalen going to his right hand and and going downhill. Like if Zuby catches that ball and we swing it, I'm pretty convinced Jalen gets that ball and either scores or gets fouled. Like, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, How concerning is it that we are at a point where if KJ Adams fouls out in the, at the end of a game that I'm not sure we can trust either of our backup bigs to be the guy that makes that pass and makes that catch. And I, I don't know who's – I think it was mostly DeWan's fault. Is that what we're thinking on that that turnover? 
for that ball not getting a Zuby or could Zuby yeah. have handled that and swung through? I don't know. But no, I think that's why it was kind of shocking that Dewan threw that pass because Keontae was in the passing lane, and we're kind of lucky the game didn't end there. It wasn't a foul mm-hmm. on Zuby at all, but Keontae, it was kind of like an uncoordinated play by Keontae, who was great all night. But, yeah, like I was saying, he threw the ball to um, Zuby with like six or seven seconds left. Like Jalen would have got it with, what, three or two yeah. seconds left and then no time to even create. Or he probably would have had to take in a deep three, which that's kind of what I was saying last night. It's kind of like the Jason Bean thing against um, Arkansas is you live or die with your best player. If Jalen misses a shot there down one at the end of overtime, we're living with it. But now we have to look back and be mad that he didn't even get a touch or get a pass his way on both possessions. Like not even getting a shot up just kills because – So we know what play we were trying to run on that first one, but – what were we trying to do on the second one? Like Jalen starts the play standing in the corner. So, I mean, I don't know if that was some sort of, but he ends up in the middle of the key. Like he's there to be there for a rebound. I I just have no idea what we were even running on that final play of the game where Dewan just essentially dribbles to the corner and loses the ball. Like that was to me more frustrating because the first one, we knew what we were going to run. We run that play all the time, and it works a lot for Jay. Yeah. The second one, I'm not quite sure. And so if someone knows, correct me, tweet at us, let me know what we what action we were trying to do to get Jalen the ball, because i got to imagine somehow that ball was supposed to go to Jalen. Yeah. Um, That's what both possessions were out of timeouts, too, which is super frustrating. I mean, the first one, I think, was a review where it was out on K-State. They went to review, so it was basically out of a timeout. So Bill's drawing something up. And it felt like they can't even get into, get into the sets because the backups were in. So I I personally, at the end of regulation, I know we trust Dewan. He's great. He always makes the right decisions, but I didn't think we had the personnel in. I thought we should have just inbounded it to Jay Will. Dude, 30, 38 think... points, he dribbles, pulls up from three. Or the whole – think about it. Joe, Bobby, um, was it Clements. Clements or – Yeah, Clements. Jay Will has the ball. They're all collapsing there, and someone's going to be wide open, or he takes the shot, and we live with it. But no, oh, he would have taken the shot. I can yeah. assure you that. Yeah, and we, I mean that's Jaylen, what Jalen misses a long three from twenty-five feet, hits the rim, whatever, and we lose. We're like, oh, that's fine. Well, three starters fouled out. Jalen had thirty-eight. We would be mad that Jalen took a twenty-five footer. By the way, we would still complain about that. But I'm with you. Like, let the decision go to Jalen. Like, if that means him getting the ball at the top, inbounding it to him, and even if you want to come set, like, a high ball screen with Zuby or Clements or something to let Jalen just try and get something going. Like, this may sound insane, but, like, I wouldn't even have hated a pick and pop with Zach Clements. Like, I know how absurd that sounds, but if you have Zach Clements set a ball screen up top and Jalen goes right, they're going with Jalen. Like, can you imagine that game coming down to a Clements three? And so we sound like idiots. We sound like we're questioning Bill Self. As we've said, Bill was due to not coach a perfect game late in the final minutes. But it is more of something where I'm, like, curious in the future because K.J. Adams is going to foul out of more games. He's going to foul out in close games. And so it's like either we've got to get to a point where we can trust the guys, the reserves on the court to – run the right action because that's the other part of it is those guys just probably aren't running as smooth of offense as our starters um or we've got to find a different you know go-to look late in games for Jalen to help him get a shot up but 
I don't know. Obviously, I've got a, I've got a yeah, take on the play calling. We haven't talked about it yet, and I think it might be the one that pissed me off the most. It was right after KJ fouled out, <clears throat> and there's there's a minute and a half left, tie game. We get the ball, yeah, and they just and obviously they were playing mismatches all night because K State wasn't afraid to have a guard down low and just try and rip at it. When they went to Clemens with a minute and a half left, immediately like the- fresh into the game, it might have been his first minutes of the game. I can't explain to you the reaction I had to it. The end of the game stuff was whatever, like it's annoying, but I was kind of just ready for the game to be over at that point one way or another. And then, but the Clements one, it's like, it felt like we were kind of gaining control of that game in the final three minutes. And there were a few things that we did to kind of throw us off and allow K-State to tie it up and go into overtime. But that one to me was just like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, what are we and doing? That was Duan. That was Duan too. I know. Like, and it's not even, like I don't even blame him because like the game plan was clearly if there's a mismatch, if you have a guard on a big, throw it down to the big. And it's it one just, of those situations where like, I don't know. I think everyone, every KU fan watching that, when that ball is in the air, like it's slow motion going to Clements, we're like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. But Marquise yeah. Noel's fronting him in the post, a little five foot nine, ten guard. And that's what like Ryan asked earlier, can you trust our backup bigs? There's no way in hell you can. Nope. You can't trust Zuby and you can't trust Clements. And I was saying that last night, like I wish they could just come in, set screens, get rebounds, um, make easy layups, like just do simple things to give KJ a little rest. But we all that's what's sad is we had high hopes for Clements. He gave us good minutes last year, and we had high hopes for him this year. But you can't throw it to him in the post against a little six-foot guard, and he can't even go up and get a shot. He got it ripped. He brought the ball immediately down. So, mm-hmm. yeah, super frustrating. And it's tough to get mad at Dewan at the same time, too, because, like we said, there was a guard on him. And Bill right. Preach is feeding the post. There's Real one thing quick. I'd like to see, just while we're on this topic, before we get off of it. If McCuller wasn't fouled out at that point, do you think they just go five guards? That's what like, I was gonna say. Like I'm like, like I don't know if we like that game. We're not gonna have three starters foul out probably again this year. If we do, we're fucked. Mm-hmm. But that's like yeah. clearly an outlier situation. Um, and I just feel like if all the guards were like not in foul trouble or out of the game already or just playing well, Jalen's tall enough to act like a big. Grady's tall enough to act like a big. McCuller's yeah. big enough to act like a big. Like I just think they'll just adjust and play a different style rather than trust one of the freshman bigs or Zach Clements who just looks overmatched. Yeah, because if you have McCuller playing the five there and he's the one getting that ball at the top of the key, swinging it to Jalen for him to go downhill and try and score, I think we're all feeling a lot more confident in that play. Now, McCuller probably hasn't played much of the five, so who knows? And that's what Bill said in his, his presser was like, I mean, not only did we have three reserves and we had Bobby and Joe in spots that they've not, I mean, one of them was playing the three. Those guys don't practice at the three. Those guys don't run those plays. Those guys don't run those inbounds plays. So, you know, there's a lot more to it than just having a less talented group out there. We also had a group that had just never played together, never ran sets together, never, you know, played. I love how Bill, Bill started, has he always said this? Am I just now picking up on it? Bill always is now saying like a game point, you know, we had the, we, we had the ball game point or, you know, we never fall down at game point. He's like all into this game point thing. And I love it every time he says it. But like, as he said, Bobby, Joe and Zach do not play at game point um, very often. So it's uh, yeah, it sucks. But it goes back to what we originally started the episode with. Like, 
we still almost won the game and we will never one will never play in an atmosphere that rabid the rest of the year and we'll never be on the final minutes of a game without three of our starters so <clears throat> unless an injury happens or something but and they yeah, still had a chance so, to win in the last position or game point as you yeah. said and dude Jalen made a three to go up two with like two minutes left in overtime. And I, I mean, I can't believe we didn't win that game. That was the moment where I was like, we're, it was the first time all game. I was like, we're winning the game. And I don't and even I wanted, remember what happened. I guess we probably got called for a foul and Johnson made free throws. That's exactly what it was. It was Keontae Johnson. They threw it into him at the elbow and Jalen came in and maybe I'm biased <sighs> or looking at it, but that was not a foul. He oh, and the steal the ball and it went out of bounds. Yeah. It should have been out on us, but man, I, I like I, the I, attempt. But they'd called everything at that yeah. point. You got to know they're going to call that. And, and he only had two fouls, so it's a risk worth taking, I think. But. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I was going to ask you guys, and I said it all night on spaces. I thought it was a really, it was a great game of two, what top twelve, top thirteen teams in a great atmosphere, and then it just wasn't fun for me to watch in overtime whatsoever i don't know if you guys agree or not but it felt like a foul fest on both ends um mm-hmm. it was Jalen shooting free throws which i thought some of those were kind of weak on k-state and then it was them shooting free throws and then it was us so it's, it felt like there was no possessions um no flow to the game so i don't know how you guys felt about that obviously i thought when Grady and McCuller fouled out, I thought those were kind of soft calls. I don't know. One was like McCuller kind of kind of bumped Keontae, and I didn't even – I didn't think McCuller fouled anyone. Um, KJ's was weak too. I I forget what yeah. it was, but I remember thinking like, damn, down the stretch it's a tight game of two really good teams. I wish the refs – like, Ryan, you always talk about letting – coaches letting their guys play, not calling timeouts, and the refs letting them play too in a big game like that. So that kind of frustrated me in overtime. That's been the one downside to Big 12 basketball this year is you even think back to the OU game where we beat them. That's how the final minutes of that game were, too. It was just foul, 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 back and forth. And then, you know, you can – I thought it was annoying that KU fans were doing exactly what K-State fans would do and, you know, talking about that guy being on the inbounds line because guess what? Even if we get that ball and we get a pass in with one second or whatever, we're probably not going to score. But, I mean, we hadn't ran a good – so, like, I hate that we've done that because we did not get – I mean, we didn't get a bad whistle. I mean, we did get a bad whistle, but they got a bad whistle too. Like, the refs were just bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there was any clear uh, favoritism or whatever you want to call it. Either way, I think those refs just sucked. And uh, But it does suck when you get a team – I mean, those teams were playing so hard. Like, that – the end of regulation where – Everyone's just diving on the floor, and Joe falls on the ball, but the ball slips out. It was like a fumble loose in a football game, and everyone's just diving on all, all over the floor to catch it. Like, I thought that was awesome, but it just sucked that you knew in overtime that game was just going to be ticky-tacky, and mm-hmm. it was. But, hey, credit to K-State because I made a joke on Twitter, like this game's gonna just going to end on who gets called for the last foul, and they ran a – ballsy play to run that lob and you know great finish by Keontae but that was an awesome pass and an awesome play so yeah one Um, more thing on reps like we talked about this a couple weeks ago it just hammers my point home more that I'd much rather be mad at a no call like the Texas Tech game where there were what 20 fouls total in the whole game like that's just such a more enjoyable brand of basketball yeah that was a fun game like how many free throws or how many fouls were there last night like 50 
55? There was 49, I think. 49. 49. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. In a 45 minute basketball game, there were 49 fouls. And yeah. neither team was fouling at the end to extend the game. Yeah. It all happened in the game. Like, it, oh, it makes it's not fun to watch, like you said, Braden. And it, it just drives me crazy that we have this conversation twice a week because it's so consistent that they're awful and they make the game boring to watch. I just I wish there was something we can do about it, but that's just kind of I guess all of sports as it is right now. Yeah. All right. Let's let's take a quick break. We'll come back, maybe talk a little more about this game, and then we'll get down to some future Big 12 talk. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. All right, we're back. So, obviously, disappointing loss. We've kind of covered everything there is to cover. Um, sucks, but as we've said, we fought our asses off. And, you know, nothing about last night changed my perspective on this team at all. Um, and shout out K-State. They're a good team. I, I said yesterday, I think today will be the day I – or last night's game will kind of determine – if I'm fully bought in on them. Um, and I mean, it's hard not to be. Those dudes are good. So speaking of that, Jerome Tang, we got to talk about this because it's been the talk of Twitter. Jerome Tang is like in a weird way having this like conflict with K-State fans because he can't stand that they chant FKU. He can't, I mean, he was fine with them storming the court, but he was like, that's it. That's the last time. Now we expect to win. Uh, He's talking about how we don't got to degrade our opponents to, you know, to dislike them. Like we can dislike someone without degrading them. And it's interesting because that is the complete opposite of what that fan base is. That fan base lives to hate KU. That game last night is what their entire season revolves around. Um, so, A.B., I know you have some takes on this. Just what are your thoughts on the Tang saga with K-State fans? 
first of all, I don't want to come off as a hater because he's fucking awesome at his job, it appears. Um, but it looks like we just have Scott Drew 2.0 in the conference now. Like, we got two of them. Like, can you not just picture KU and K-State both playing in Des Moines the first weekend of the tournament? And K-State is a three seed. They lose to a six seed in the second round. And KU's about to take the court. Tang's not talking to the media. He's not talking to his team. He's outside the KU locker room telling everyone, good luck. Go Big Come on, 12. boys. And it's, it's going to drive me nuts. But that just seems – in it. I mean, he lived under Scott Drew for, what, a decade and a half? Like, he was there forever. And yeah. I mean, he's awesome. And that but wasn't like, that thing at Baylor with joy? Live with joy yeah, or something, something like that? Yeah, religious schools. But – I come on, man. Like college sports are fun because of rivalries. Like he looked like he was gonna cry on national TV last night at the tip because K State fans ruined fuck KU. He legitimately had a tear in his eye. Get over it. Come on, man. Have some fun. I I mean, I can't explain to you how much it sucks to have a guy like Jerome Tang there now because one he's hard to dislike. He's truly such a nice guy Mm -hmm. but it is like dude kind of be a prick like talk your shit you beat us like i don't know it's fine i me and ab have always said we enjoy sandstorm we think the fku stuff's hilarious and it's electric when you're in that building and it happens um but i we didn't know how good we had it when bruce weber was their coach Mm -hmm. an all-time dork a guy that Bill Self hated, and Bill Self doesn't outwardly hate people very often. I'm sure Bill Self hates a lot of people or dislikes a lot of people, but he, he outwardly, it was obvious, did oh, not hates, like Bruce Weber. Yeah. And he sucked at coaching. We we thoroughly dominated him every – I mean, he was perfect. He was perfect. And now, Tang, uh, I don't know. B-Turn, where are you at? I mean, you've been obviously very complimentary of Tang, and I don't know how you wouldn't be. The guy should be coach of the year right now, but – where do you stand on his whole kind of like, hey, let's be friends type deal? <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's a thing that's been going on for a while. The FKU chant, and we've all agreed. It's it's like it's it's electric. It's fun. I don't know why they would stop. It's a rivalry. They hate us. And they don't, not even to be disrespectful to K-State, but they don't beat us much. Um, we had won 14 of in basketball, obviously. they We had won 14 of 15. We dominate. And we've obviously lost a few. Um, over the last 10 years in Manhattan, but it doesn't happen very often. KU is the winningest program in college basketball history. I don't know why people wouldn't storm the court, so I don't see how the chance would stop. I don't see how storming the floor would stop. Um, I think he's a hell of a coach, um, and his energy and passion and stuff like that is great, but obviously you got to let the college kids have fun. Um, and He just got there, so I feel like he doesn't understand maybe the magnitude of the rivalry. And he definitely doesn't know how much they hate us. I feel like, cause like no. K-State fans hate us so much that it's just insane to me. So I don't know. You got to think about does Baylor, I mean, Baylor doesn't have like a rival. Like that. I was thinking the same thing. Like I'm sure they don't love Texas or TCU, but that doesn't seem like a diehard historical. Like play there's not a team that comes to mind. That's like, Oh, that's Baylor's rival. Like right. there is with a I'll, lot of other teams. I was thinking earlier. I don't know if you guys agree. The KU K State rivalry, like it just kind of sucks. Like it's not I think fun it's very for me. Annoying. It's just like a, everyone's just trying to flex. Well, I've always said this like, about it. KU Mizzou is just pure hatred. Like we fucking yeah, hate I them. hate I hate when KU fans do the whole it's not a rivalry. Like that's <laughs> lame because we all love to make fun of K State. I think it's different with K State. Like 
I dislike K-State. I dislike their – I think their fans are wildly annoying. Um, but my thing with K-State has always been more of kind of like mocking them and making fun of them and just like, I don't know, things all – even during when things go good for K-State, they turn around and lose by a billion in the Sugar Bowl. Or when they win the Big 12, they lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Like K-State always finds a way to K-State themselves, and that's always been funny to me. Missouri is just a pure, like you said, V-turn. Like, I hate Missouri, and I hate the way their fans are on Twitter. Like, it's just a different – I don't even know how to explain it. But, yeah, the rivalry sucks because KU fans always pretend it's not a rivalry when it is. And it, frankly, yeah. will be a really fun rivalry if Tang is there and Leipold gets us going in football. Like, over the next 10 years, this rivalry could get very electric. And I hope we all just let it happen because it'll be fun. Yeah, it's just like always like questioning the fuck KU chance or questioning yes. the storm and then not paying attention to football and making fun of everyone's crowd and all that shit. So I don't know. It kind of gets annoying to me in case they it's crazy how much they hate us, I guess. But yeah, sometimes it just it's just a weird rivalry, I guess. Can I say one quick thing on them? I got really yeah. triggered the other day. Brayden, it was when you tweeted that Texas should look at Tang, which was not filled with hate whatsoever, but the people responding, I recognized multiple Twitter accounts responding to you pissed off or saying it without even tagging you. Like, oh, these guys won't shut up about our coach leaving and he's not leaving. Those same people, I went through and I found tweets. I have the receipts <laughs> in my phone. At least 50 tweets about Lance Leipold leaving to go to Nebraska or Wisconsin. They spent their whole fall talking about Lance leaving, but now that they have a coach that gets brought up in coaching searches in the middle of January. It's the end of the world, and we're, you know, I don't even want to say I'll get in trouble, but, like, <laughs> we're the worst people on earth for bringing up legitimate possibilities. I saw people blaming Braden for starting Tang to Texas rumors as if <laughs> Matt Norlander, Gary Parrish, Andy Katz, Jeff Goodman, everyone that writes about basketball, everyone had them in the list. Everyone I'm, had Tang in that list. I'm picturing Texas ADs like, wait a second, this Braden Turner guy, <laughs> he likes Tang. Should we, should we consider this Tang fella? Wow. The guy's like probably the national coach of the year right now, and all yeah. I said was they should interview him or reach out to him. Obviously, yeah. Texas is a huge brand. They just lost their coach, Jerome Tang. Just, Dude, I remember KU fans making fun of K-State this offseason. Like, how are they going to field a team? It was before they had Keontae Johnson, but – the fact that they're up there at the top of the Big 12 with the chance prop maybe to win the Big 12 and he's wow. turned them around that quickly like and people take step take leaps up with jobs like people get promotions people can at least listen to other job opportunities i didn't see what was wrong with that but the funniest part about that tweet was like 5 to 10 K-State fans started replying and quoting it saying oh, why not Bill Self to Texas? Like those are the same situations at all. A guy coming off a national championship mm -hmm. with a lifetime contract at the biggest, at the winningest program in the country is going to yeah. leave. A um, job and, that he's said multiple <clears throat> times publicly is the best job in basketball. Pro and, and, and we deal with Bill Self leaving rumors all the time. We've dealt with NBA stuff for years. It's just part of it. Like they are that yeah. sensitive. And they talked about Leipold leaving, yeah, all – during the year, which we obviously we were scared, but we know that's part of it. Like if Lance, we knew if Lance would have went to Nebraska or Wisconsin, we couldn't blame him. And it's a good problem to have as a like fan of a team. If your coach is good enough and you're like a smaller budget school 
smaller brand school, if your coach is good enough to be rumored to be a job filling opportunity to Texas, Kentucky, like big budget, big brand schools, that's a good problem to have. Like, obviously it's a little scary. You don't want them to leave, but at the end of the day, they're doing it because he's killing it for you right now. So like yeah. maybe just take a chill pill and enjoy <laughs> it and realize you've got, I don't know where he would rank in college basketball coaches, but Braden, you just said it. They didn't have a roster six months ago, and now they're going to be a top ten team in five days. Like he's yeah. insane. If he goes to Texas, I'm the reason, boys. Yep, dude. And I mean, K State. Think about it. Huggins came, did this exact thing, put together an incredible roster. They had a great season, good season. Um, Frank Martin had things rolling for like three, four, five years. Can't even remember. He leaves for another job. So I get it. Like it will suck for K State fans if Tang takes a job i don't think he will um next year i i think if he does it again i think if he has another good year next year then i i don't see tang being in manhattan for the rest of his career by any means but who but knows? you're telling he seems me, like a guy that could fit there yeah you're telling me you're a big um brand like texas and you're not going to reach out to a national coach of the year candidate or other bigger programs like what does it hurt to reach out to a coach or for a coach to listen that's basically all yeah. i was tweeting they're about and Mm-hmm. People went crazy. Like we were scared. KU fans are scared. <laughs> no, KU we're basketball. just pointing out the obvious, brother. That's all we're doing. Uh, it's, all right, uh, they drive me nuts. Let's uh, let's take one final break, and then we'll talk about the next six games on the schedule. Because boy, are they terrifying! You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right. The next six games on the Kansas basketball schedule, boys, are as follows. At home, Saturday against number 14 TCU. A bad matchup for us. I think we all know that. Um, Monday... The following Monday, we play at Baylor. Big Monday, a team that's starting to get it going again, starting to put it together. Uh, That Saturday, we then go to Kentucky, a team that has stunk, but again, put together two decent performances their last two games and seem to have found a group that's kind of working for them. Um, Then K-State comes down Fieldhouse, a top 10 team probably at that point, top 15. Then we go to Hilton, maybe the second hardest place we'll play all year. And then Texas comes down Fieldhouse for Big Monday, which again I think is a tough matchup for us. So you can keep going too. 
And we got two yeah, road I'm games with the there. schools that have almost beat us at home. So I know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a wagon noise. So yeah. here's my thing. Here's my, my question to you guys. We've got six games and I don't know. The Kentucky game is weird because it doesn't mean anything. As we saw last year, the game means absolutely nothing. But six games coming up, if you had to bet money on it, and I set the over-under at three wins, three and a half wins, I guess, are you taking the over or the under? How many games? Six? Six. I got my answer if, you, if you're ready for it. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll go over. I mean, you got three games at Allen. Like I, I know they're tough matchups. I get it, but it's Allen. at the end of the day, it's Allen. So like, I'm not going to pick them to lose there. McFarland and the, yeah, <laughs> Jayhawk Jeopardy three coming soon. Um, and then like they'll just they'll win a road game. I don't know if it's Kentucky or Baylor. I don't think it'll be Hilton. They're pretty damn good. Um, but it's 11 a.m. game, so it could be a sleepy environment. I don't know. Like I just I'm trusting they're going to win at home and sneak one of three out on the road and go four and two. It'd be sick if they lost to Kentucky and went five and one and the others and the conference be wrapped up by mid-February, but. That's what I was going to say. What's the best case? I think obviously the best case scenario, if you're going to lose two games is, I mean, Kentucky's got to be one of these losses. If you're going to lose two or three games, if you drop three of those five big 12 games, you know, that means you lost two road games and a home game. Um, So, I don't know. I I want to take the over two just because, you know, I know TCU is a bad, a bad matchup, and I am terrified for that game. I'm very interested to see what the line is. A.B., if you can quickly pull up Ken Palm's prediction, I'd love to see it. Um, but even Texas, dude, we I mean, we took them to overtime last year. Uh, they're athletic. They're long. They're big. They scare me a little bit, even though they've been wildly inconsistent and they don't have their head coach. So, like, if we were going to drop a home game, TCU or Texas, if I had to circle two teams on our schedule, I think those would be the two teams that I'm most scared of winning at home against just due to strictly matchups. I don't know. B-Turn, how do you feel? Yeah, um, AB obviously talked about Allen, which I guess the games have been super close at home. Big 12 play Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. We've won all three by a combined eight points which I guess you could look at that as maybe we're due to lose one, or you can keep looking at it as we always find a way to win. We could be down 10 with five minutes left and find a way to win. So I would take over three and a half because like AB said, you would expect to go three, and zero at home, no matter who you play. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but every year we talk about, <clears throat> and KU fans hate hearing this because they expect to go 40 and oh, um, they don't expect to lose any games. So was last night a good loss for this team after winning so many tight games, winning so many like one possession games to finally drop one and maybe refocus um, and with a tough stretch coming up? Obviously, you want to win. You want to beat your rival. Could have been 6-0 in the league, but we also could have lost like one or two others. So, yeah, I don't it's know. Not, I mean, you'd rather lose this one. You'd rather lose this one than lose Oklahoma State or Oklahoma because this is one – if, I mean, if we knew what K-State was going to be at the beginning of the year, this is one you circle as a very losable game. It's like that and Hilton and at Texas and at Baylor. Like, those are games that you can live with if you lose. you got to win the Oklahoma States at home, the Oklahomas at home. But it does suck because if we win that game, we're 6-0. and And we're left. sitting pretty. We're sitting pretty. So um, I got your line if you're ready for it. I am ready. 
Kansas basketball Jayhawks, nine-point favorites against TCU. Oh, my God. We are so due for a blowout win at home, though. We are. We are so due. I just, but I against, saw... like, Eddie Lampkin, I don't see it. I... Has he been that good this year? I, I haven't watched TCU once. humongous, and we start a 6'5 center. Also, we keep yeah. saying that. K.J. Adams is an All-American in my mind. He's <laughs> so good. I don't care if he's undersized. I mean, I would take – I saw Iowa State plus seven or eight um, at Allen. I took Iowa State. They've been hot. They've been really good. They took us down to the wire. I would take TCU plus nine. They're, they have a really good team. Absolutely. I think they lost. I think they lost yeah, they were getting in Morgantown. But That's a big loss. I mean, K- TCU obviously has one of the better players in the conference. They played us so they played us really well last year. I don't know how much that'll play a factor into this, but yeah, give me the way KU's playing so many tight games, which I guess that could change. And AB could AB's uh, theory could be right on a blowout coming soon, which should happen at some point. But I think right now you want to know what the the blowout's going to be. Kansas State at Allen yes. Fieldhouse, boys. Like, yeah. come on, <laughs> it, we we are due for just a good old fashioned shit pumping in Allen Fieldhouse where we start off on like a nineteen to four run and they call two timeouts and it's just crazy in there. But we, we can talk ahead. more about this game as it gets closer and everything. But I hope for Jerome Tang's sake that <laughs> uh, the KU. Section starts doing a fuck K State chant, maybe to like the hum or something, just to really piss him off and throw him <laughs> off. And he see starts, how it goes. He's crying uh, on the side. He almost threw up last night, dude. It was it was hilarious to watch. It's gonna be so hard to get around the disliking Jerome Tang. I don't even know how to do it. I mean, Trying I can my laugh best. at he. I think he's cheesy. I think he's a little corny. Um, I, I didn't expect. Uh, I didn't expect They're, Jerome Tang hate from the boys tonight. Do you guys it's think not, but that's the thing. It's not hate. It's more like it's kind of just making fun of your kind of corny, cheesy dad or your <laughs> cheesy uncle. He's just like, a, oh, there he goes again, being corny and talking about. I don't know. Do you guys think know. he'll Jerome let? He's great. Do you think he'll let his team watch the intro video before the game at Allen? I I think so because when Scott Drew did that, Baylor went a full <laughs> decade with even competing inside Allen Fieldhouse. Like he sparked a fire oh, under Bill man. Self that only Bruce Weber's lit. So um, yeah, fun stuff. Jerome Tang, good guy, uh, great coach. Not I gotta find ways that. to take jabs at him the best I can. Same with Dennis Gates at Missouri. I I don't dislike that guy either. We got problems. So. Um, we got problems. All right. <laughs> I had one more thought here, and I'm blanking on it. I guess Whoa. what I want to know is where are we at confidence level on this team winning the Big 12? Because I'm still, still very, very confident. Yeah, 12. me too. Especially, yeah. I think we talked a week or so ago about at least sharing it because you have Allen. But, man, just thinking about that stretch, but then you think about it like, so many of the other top teams in the league are going to have to go through similar stretches. They got to go to Hilton. They got to come to Allen. They got to go to Bramlage. Got to go to Lubbock. I think Baylor's waking up. I think they're going to be a really good team by the end of the year. We still got to play them twice, which is kind of scary. But I still feel really good at least sharing it. The league's going to beat up on each other. I'm trying to think what would win the league. We're five and one with 12 to go. Maybe 14 and four. Yeah. We'll win it outright, I think. A tie, maybe an outright. I, I think, think it's not right. Well, think about it. Like, there's no other team in the conference that they can go into every single road game and feel confident that they're going to win and also know that they're pretty much guaranteed a home win. 
That's the thing. Like, K-State's going to lose at home at some point. All of the top five teams besides Iowa State still have to come to Allen Fieldhouse. Like, all our Allen Fieldhouse games have been lower level Big 12 teams so far. So, other than Iowa State, but like, I'm just sitting here thinking how we checked off Lubbock and Morgantown and we could have checked off Bramlage very easily. We would have been like, what would we have moved to? I think we're minus one something right now to win the conference, which seems crazy. Um, Let me check it. If we win last night, I think we're oh, that's God, what. I and I don't want to, I don't want to take away much from K State because Keontae was great, but man, it took a lot to beat us last night. Just obviously sitting back and thinking about it, couldn't even get shots up late, couldn't even run an offense. Um, <laughs> you have three starters foul out. You missed like the first six free throws of the second half, which really pissed me off. So, and then Kevin McCuller having the worst game of maybe his, maybe of his life. Like since Literally, he was career, like five, college five years career. old, the three so, that he missed from the wing where he overshot the rim and it hit the other side of the backboard was one of the craziest things. And he was so dude, wide open. Couldn't he has some. Look. He has some of the all-time clinks. Like he's yeah. had some corner shots this year that hit the side of the backboard. Like when he's <laughs> on, he's on. When he's off, but hey, it's I still off. the guys yeah. made so many big plays and won us a couple games this year. So oh yeah, he'll be fine. Why, yeah, still feel... all in on the McCullough train. I feel great, but I think we talked to Landon Lucas last week and about – I think we talked about this exact scenario that happened last night about KJ fouling out and then who steps up. So KJ's going to – like Biggs, obviously they just pause on this, but they bang down low. And, um, you're, I, I mean, there's just going to be a game where KJ picks up two fouls in what, the first five, ten – 15 minutes and then he sits out for the rest of the first half and can Zuby and Zach come in for five minutes and be able to tie their own shoes. Yeah. It, it's a terrifying God. thought, but what a lot Zach? of, a lot of, a lot of time to still get this figured out. I mean, Oh, we're think fi- about, yeah. Think about this team last great. year. Uh, Remy wasn't even in getting minutes. Like things can be figured out. Um, it is figured out. So God. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have much more, boys. I'm excited for the Big 12 season. I think it's going to be absolutely insane, as we've already seen every night. Just a yeah. freaking battle, dude. Jalen played 45 minutes and was the only offensive option for the final 20 of the game. What would like, you What would you have said before the game? If I was talking to Skinny about this last night. What would you have said before the game if I told you Jalen had 38 and Marquise Noel had four or six or whatever? I would have said we won 90 to 60. Like it would have been Missouri type blowout. Like Missouri, like, God, man, I can't believe we waste. I feel bad for Jalen because that's a game. Like you think about that. That's an Elijah Johnson and in Brant or in Hilton game. That's a Ochai in K State last year type game. That's a Sharon and Bramlage type game. Yeah, but we, I mean, we I lost, we're so that's kind about of the it. thing, right? We'll still talk about this Jalen performance, but it, it would have been one where we'd where you'd be tweeting from the Ain't No Seats pod five years from now, being like, throw back to Jalen Wilson, 38 point. We'll never right. talk about that performance probably really ever again, other than just casually when KU plays K-State. But Can I get one note on him really quick before we sign off? Mm-hmm. I couldn't find Big 12 odds on DraftKings right now, but I did look at Player of the Year odds. Edie's going to win it if he stays healthy slash doesn't have a complete mental breakdown. He's like minus 350 to win that thing. Jalen's a pretty distant second between everyone else, though. So all I'm saying is if a big-ass dude and Edie just rolls an ankle and misses three weeks, 
That opens a door for Jalen. We've talked before. Jalen would be a national champion, a first-team All-American, a Big 12 Player of the Year, a National Player of the Year. Two-time maybe another champion. Final Four. Yeah, like who knows what happens to end this season? But like back-to-back years, we've kind of had a yeah, All-American, yeah. probably unanimous All-American, kind of come out of nowhere in terms of what we thought his ceiling it- was going through the year. It's what I've said. I think me and B turn, and I mean all of us have nailed this. It's like if you just if you're on the line of deciding whether to go pro or not, freaking stay in school because it will pay off. Like Jalen Wilson, I'll be honest. Like, do I see him having a huge NBA career? Not really. I think it's. I don't know what his role is in the NBA, but he's played him. He's been so good in college now that somebody will look at him in the late first round or early second round, and he's going to be a millionaire because of that. Like, all because he came back to school instead of going the route of like, and I mean, Malik Newman should have, I mean, he should have probably rode the wave and and gone. It was probably fine that he did. But then you think about if Malik Newman comes back and has an all American season, does he at least get one contract? Um, so I don't know. It's like those guys that it just always works out for the guys that come back. And I'm so happy that Jalen said, I want to be Jalen or I want to be Ochai Baji. And he has been like, it's, it's awesome. So I hope people, especially with NIL, I think it'll happen more and more, but Grady Dick sophomore year question mark, man. He, I hope not. Grady was, (laughs) uh, He was great last game, but the other Big 12 games kind of been a struggle for him. A lot of teams just face guarding him. They're trying to get him I, going. Yeah. They're trying to get him going back door and things like that and get him more open looks. But he still, I mean, he still had some open looks last night where it felt like, man, there was like three or four where he was open where he could have hit a dagger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I couldn't believe how many open shots Iowa State let him get. That was a weird – I don't know what was happening with that, but that's not going to happen in Hilton, I would imagine. So That's going to be a tough one. Yeah. Let's go get – I mean, let's let's go get 5-1. Five 5-1 and one. Five and one with one loss at Kentucky. Fuck and it, Ryan. Twelves over. We're the number one overall seed. Let's do it. Why not? Win all Who six. No? Or oh, lose six. by 40 again to Kentucky and then Bill beats, kicks their ass in practice and they just win another title. That Kentucky can hang their banner, their midseason banner, like they did last year, and then they can lose to a well, fifteen. They'll probably be in like the eight nine game, so they can Maybe. lose to a nine seed. Eight nine. Um, of the okay, I have Maybe. one more serious note, and I meant to bring this up earlier. Every single year, it feels like KU has a three four game stretch where the fan base fully melts down. My question to you is: I mean, even two thousand eight, we lost like. You know, we had that rough stretch where fans were irate. We lose at Oklahoma State. We lose at Texas. We lose at K-State all in a span of like a month. Only lost three games all year. Do you see this team having a stretch where they lose three of five, three of four? Or do you think this team is good enough defensively, good enough, just experienced enough to maybe avoid that? Or is this the stretch coming up where that potentially happens? Because if I were going to pick a stretch, it's, it's this one yeah. right here where – we could be talking in two weeks and our fan base is up in flames. Yeah, I I just think with how um, big of a monster this conference is and how tight our games have been, I could easily I could see it because I think they're all going to be 
one um, single digit possession or single digit games, I guess, where they're down, <laughs> they're down five or up five late and they could swing either way, just one big run. So I could see it for sure. Um, and I could see it with a lot of teams in the league doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. was I supposed to speak there? I, I, I thought oh, yeah, it, it was to speak into the mic. Yeah. I, I don't know. But... I mean, if it's going to happen, it's probably now. If it's some other time, then the fan base will probably rightfully have a reason to be pissed off. But at the end of the day, we've seen it. We see it almost every year. Like national championships and final fours aren't won in January and February. Um, and I think even if you lose some of these games coming up, only positives really come out of it until you lose too many to drop down to like a a seed line where you can't play in Kansas City for the second weekend. So as long as we get KC week for the second weekend, I, I really don't care yeah. too much on a game to game as far as losing them. But all right, boys. I guess it was a fun episode. Like we said, <laughs> the loss could have hurt more. We we played good. Um, and we played fine for that type of environment. Still love this team, fully believe in this team. Oh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next six games. It's going to really give us a good outlook on where we will be in March, I think. So um, that's it for this week. Uh, Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back sometime next week. Rock Chalk. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.